So tell me what, let's talk about apostasy. Um, I've, I've openly talked about the uh, definition of uh, tithing of the people in DNC 6423, where it talks about the people who are being tithed. And I'm, I'm submitting that the way in the context of the other verses, it looks like uh, the people are tithed means there's going to be a lot of people falling away. In Alfred Douglas Young's autobiography, in his vision, he said there was a time set aside when the saints were gathered. So I'm assuming this is the best of the best had gotten together. And then the enemy came and said there was a time set aside. Then this is an example that parallels the Book of Mormon, right? Before the Savior's born, they say, if you don't uh, get rid of your silly notions that there's going to be a, a day and a night and a day as if it were one day, the sign of Samuel the Lamanite, his prophecy, we're going to put you to death. Well, in the same token, there was this event he saw in the future where the saints were gathered. And then the enemy came and said, there's a time set aside if you want to come over and deny your faith. And he said about half of them left. left. Uh, and then when the enemy descended upon the remaining group of faithful saints, the enemy was destroyed. They they disappeared. So um, what do you, anyway, backing up now, that's just going a little deep, but backing up, what did you observe about uh, any anything you saw about apostasy among church members? And has that begun already? Yes, that I was. This is what I was shown. I was shown that there's going to be a period of time when the tribulations are going to become worse, and there's going to be a falling away from the church. And I believe that that has begun at this point in this historical time. Um, most of our membership right now is coming from uh, the children that are born into the church. And part of the reason that I was shown this was because of the difficulties that we're going to face and the conditions that we're going to have to live and face in the future. People are not going to be able to survive on borrowed light. They're going to have to have a testimony of their own. And there's sort of going to be a separation of the wheat from the tares. People are going to have to accept the guidance and direction that comes from our church leaders and the new revelations that are going to come forth for us. And many people are not going to make that or jump that gap and be willing to adhere to and do those things. And so because of that, there is going to be a period of time that we'll be increasingly seeing members fall away from membership of the church or activity. However, as things get really bad and people need to gather for safety, those that are remaining will gather and use the power of the priesthood to help protect them and for their safety, but also that those that are of other denominations but have a good uh, foundation in Jesus Christ of other denominations of Christian religion will also see that we have safety and they will gravitate to us and seek out that protection. Okay. What kinds of persecution are the saints going to face in the last days? Uh, and if we're already happening, that's fine. You can just emphasize that. But did you see 
more blatant forms of persecution falling upon either Christians in general or upon members of the church? I was shown a scene and where there were mobs of people in a street, in a city street, and I, I, I believe it was Salt Lake. But there's going to be a time where there's going to be mobs of people in the street and tumultuous types of events with people arguing and fighting in the streets and, um, you know, of course, news media around trying to cover the events. And, and, and it, it will come to the point in some situations there will be actual physical attacks upon one another, people arguing and fighting over some of these events that are going to happen and over sharing of resources and following directives that they need to do for their own protection and safety. And people are not always going to see eye to eye concerning these things. And I saw not only just that the persecution from outside sources, but more so within amongst the members themselves attacking one another or their beliefs or lack of beliefs and willing to do what they're guided to do. Okay. Uh, when I talked to Sean, we talked about President Nelson's probably the most quoted thing he said. I mean, he, we talk about the gathering of Israel, which he emphasizes. We talk about doing work on both sides of the veil. Those phrases have now become just a normal part of our lexicon. But he also talked about how yeah. the Holy Spirit, the day would in the in the coming days, you know, it will not be possible to survive unless we have the guiding, directing, comforting. I think there were four things you said, influence of the Holy Ghost. So did you see the Holy Ghost playing a role in people who remained faithful and true? Absolutely. And I in fact, I, I'm going to say this here, take just a moment to say it. Twenty years ago. I moved across the country, and I won't say where I specifically live, but I live not far from the nation's capital area, and I needed to go to surgery, and I had been new to the ward, and I can remember at that time being taken aghast because I needed to have a priesthood blessing before I went to surgery, and I ended up having to make five different phone calls to people on the ward list to try to find somebody that would be willing to help administer with my husband to give me a priesthood blessing. I was really shocked by that, taken back by it. And I can say this to the brethren, don't be afraid to give priesthood blessings, to bless your children with blessings, the father's blessings and that kind of thing. You need to practice doing it now, even though you may feel unsure of yourself or uncomfortable in doing it. You need to know that the Lord is going to put the words in your mouth and not just have you just pray over people. You need to be able to listen to the Spirit and have those questions come into your mind and say what comes into your mind. And the Lord will provide those things because it's going to come a time if you don't have the guiding direction of the Holy Ghost in your life, literally to the point of knowing what side of the street to walk on. Many times it's literally going to be a situation of a matter of life and death, and you need to do it for the protection of your family members, your your wives, your children, and any of those that you have a stewardship over. It's going to be imperative. So please, swallow your pride or any concerns and fears that you have, and please just do it, do it, do it. You know, in my opinion, it isn't so much prize as it is insecurity that they don't yeah. know that their mouth will be filled and it's lack of experience. 
Uh, when I first yeah. started giving blessings, I was very tenuous. I was nervous. Uh, and I have uh, emphasized men giving blessings three or four times in these podcasts as recently as when I was talking to Sean last week, which I haven't posted it yet. But I mentioned in there and I did follow up on a prompting last Friday I had, which is just to tell the story quickly here. Uh, a friend called me to pray with a friend of his who got another friend on the phone and the four of us prayed over health issues, other issues. And the spirit was so powerful. And it told me, you've got to start holding prayers, prayer vigils or prayers with other men. And so on last Sunday night, I didn't want to wait every all through church. I was getting prompted. I've got to do this. So I called four men who I, I guess three men, I was the fourth three men who I love and I've known one is not a member of the church and two of them were one of them was my brother but we got together and prayed and had a wonderful experience and I know we have to be praying for for the Lord because there are events unfolding today and there are things happening over which we don't have any control as a lone citizen a lone person out of the millions yep. of people, but I know prayer can cut through all of that. And it's so important that we all start praying for the Lord's intervention to inspire and to help our leaders to make wise decisions and to shake off any influence or confusion from the adversary. I would agree with that. And when I say pride, I want to qualify that. What I might, what I mean by that is sometimes people are, it's a fear of, that they might look or appear silly or be embarrassed and or, or like they don't rise to the occasion or, or come across polished and giving those blessings, but they, they just need to put that fear aside and just, just do it anyway. Gotcha. Yeah. Very good point. Reminds me of the great and spacious building as a tool for apostasy, laughing, mocking at people. Remember in the dream, even those who had already partaken of the fruit, were being laughed and scorned by the great and spacious occupants, and they left the tree. Those are people who have tasted of the goodness of the gospel, but were still ashamed to remain and to enjoy. So thank you for that. Yeah. Let's talk about um, what you saw about, um, does there need to be another temple built in Jerusalem before the Savior comes that you saw? Yeah, so we've touched on it briefly before. There is going to be another temple built in Jerusalem. And I don't know that it's necessarily the land that's um, dedicated, I believe, at Orson Hyde Park, if I'm, if I'm correct. It's one that's going to be built by the Jews, patterned after the old temples in, and architectural design in the Old Testament. And I don't know if you need to elaborate on what's going to transpire at that point in that temple Absolutely. or not. Absolutely. Please, please do. Yes. I was shown an image of an individual who, and there are many people by this title, but a particular individual who would be referred to as the title of an antichrist. I was shown a man who would appear in this temple dressed in robes that are red or scarlet, and he had a an olive-type complexion, dark, curly, kinky hair. And he was talking to people uh, out in, 
gathered in the outer courtyards of this temple and people looking at him. And, and he was able to um, perform many different types of miracles. And a lot of people believed that this individual was the savior, whereas he was not. And there was a situation where it was of deception. And I saw that a time is going to come regarding this individual that in the Holy of Holies, there is a curtain and behind this curtain, there's going to come a time when the Savior is going to come through that veil or curtain, come out towards this individual and literally strike this individual dead. And all the people will know that that it's the real Savior there, and he has come in his great glory and power. And it's at that time that many of the Jews are going to recognize, in part, some of them are going to recognize their true Messiah. I'd like to comment on some of this real quickly. I've, I've researched this. I've had impressions about it. And you just need to go read Daniel uh chapters seven starting with chapter seven and let me let me explain what i know and i feel like i should talk about this um daniel learns about and you can correct me if you think i'm wrong or if you have any information or you can say you don't know but there are 70 weeks that daniel is told about and it would be a mistake for members of the church to use those weeks and try and fit them into the timeline of the church, the restored church of Jesus Christ. That timeline is for the Jews. It was given by a Jewish prophet and it fits the Jewish temple. Now, you can account on the 70 weeks. Each week represents uh, seven years. And it's very, very laid out that every time the temple is destroyed in Jerusalem, that that clock stops. Okay, so the, the, the temple was was rebuilt. The clock started, and then the Savior came, and their temple was there. And then within 10 weeks after the Savior, oh, I'm, I guess I'm going to get that time wrong uh, when you start counting, but I don't want to be exact here because I, I don't have the numbers in front of me exactly. But in AD 70, the temple was destroyed in Jerusalem. And if you take all the, the, the uh, weeks, which are years, and add them up, you get 69 and there's one week left which is the last week and it's my strong belief that that clock that's seven years which probably matches the seven years of tribulation so many people talk about that clock does not start again until that temple is rebuilt i don't know where it's going to be rebuilt i don't know if it has to be right on the, the side everybody thinks it's supposed to go or that city of david comment i don't know but the temple, when it's rebuilt in Jerusalem, is going to restart that clock. And the scriptures are very clear. Daniel's clear. It's pretty clear in the book of Revelation that there's going to be a man in power who's going to allow the sacrifices to begin in that temple for three and a half years. But then after the three and a half years is over, he's going to break that covenant and he's going to go in to that temple as if he is God. And I yeah. believe what you're describing is at the end of that period, that's when the Savior, this is the new part, uh, there's some reference to it's, it's going to come to an end. It doesn't surprise me that the Savior is going to end it. 
but this man is yeah. going to have this power for three and a half years. All these pieces fit, and it's a mistake, in my opinion, to look at the um, the different temples that were built. Uh, you know, some people like to refer to the LDS temples and when they were done and try and count years. I think that's a mistake. If you look at it closely, and my impression is that is a strictly Jewish calendar, there's one week left, and that week is going to coincide with when that temple is rebuilt. And as John the Baptist told Oliver Cowdery and Joseph Smith, okay, um, when the sons of Levi offer an offering unto the Lord in, in righteousness, that's when uh, another trigger happens, okay? Uh, the Aaronic priesthood is not taken from the earth until they do that, because now the Levitical priesthood is activated among the Jews. So anyway, there's a lot of things that have to happen, not many things, and there are there's already talk about rebuilding the temple. There's more activity about a rebuild and uh, reconsideration. Does it have to be where the Dome of the Rock is? You know, some people think it does, and, and many don't don't i remember this one uh, jewish wise jewish man i think he was a rabbi was asked well you know how are we going to build a temple if if the dome of the rock is there and he said wisely that's god's problem so i don't know where the temple is going to go but this is a restarting of the clock that daniel lays out in the book of daniel any thoughts on that or yeah. any impressions that you've ever had i i wondered to myself why I was shown this scenario only I think maybe is to help people when the time comes to recognize that there is a person that is the antichrist and they're being deceived in what he might appear his appearance but I do know on the internet a few years ago I, I ran across an article that archaeologists had found a site down the hill from the Dome of the Rock where they found a water source that was that literally runs there and was there for part of one of the original temples that existed there. And there was some speculation that it, that temple will not necessarily have to be built on the Dome of a Rock, but it, where this water source is. And I, I'm, they say it was some sort of city quarter that exists there now, but that that might be the location where the future temple will be built. Yeah, I think that's the city of David that there's been a lot of um a lot of attention drawn to that. And I've heard people that are very critical of that. And I've seen people say this would explain how the temple could be done because where the Dome of the Rock is is actually where the Roman soldiers were quartered. It's not where the temple was. And they make good arguments for it. So we'll have to see. I want to read the verse yeah. that I'm describing about uh the three and a half the the last week. It's in Daniel 9 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. I think that's the Antichrist. And in the midst of the week, so one week, remember, is seven years, according to the calendar of the week, six, 70 weeks. In the midst of the week, which means three and a half, three and a half years, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abomination, he shall make it desolate. That's the, that's the first abomination of desolation. Even until the consumption... And that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. So there's two abominations of desolation. I think one is when the Romans destroyed the temple, if I remember correctly. Maybe I got that one wrong. But the second one is this last week, which is still not on the calendar because the temple's not been finished. And this is where right. you can get uh, this information about 
this is just part of you know the three and a half years we see these three and a half years you know time times and half a time is in the book of daniel time times and half a time in the book of revelation uh which is a year years you know one year two years and a half a year and then there's also you know language about 1260 days which is three and a half years so there's a lot of pieces that are focusing on this period of time when the antichrist and it's also in the in the old test of the new testament describing a man who uh you know basically thinks he's god and this of course yeah. has happened in the past uh we have we have example of roman leaders who thought they were god so this is not an unusual uh you know i think maybe even nebuchadnezzar thought he was god for a while so we just have these you know crazy leaders who take it too far and in this case interfere with the worship in the temple which is a, a big signal okay have we talked enough yep. about that one sure okay i think so um all right 